We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It certainly is a bittersweet podcast here on this Wednesday, March 16th. My name is DJ Trainer, and I'm joined by Josh Hayes. You can find Josh Hayes on Twitter, at Josh Hayes FS. Josh, this is going to be your last podcast for the foreseeable future. Uh, moving on, different life opportunities, moving out to San Francisco. I'm excited for you, but I'm a little uh, sad at the same time. I am sad as well. I, You know what? I did all my crying in the pre-show. Yes, we cried cry together. Either. This Actually, we should have. We started taping and we cried for 20 minutes, and this is round two. <laughs> right. We had to, it was just so sad. I'm going to hold it together. Okay, yeah, We're going to make it through this. We are, we, are, we are going to make it together. For the record, I am not leaving Rotowire per se. I just have to scale down my responsibility level because I have a new job um, with a very cool golf tech company. So if you follow me on Twitter, Josh Hayes FS, you're going to start seeing some some golf tweets here in the next 10 days-ish or stuff coming from me. So, But I'm still holding it down for Rotowire, Rotowire for life. I got the back tattoo. So, <laughs> you know, there's, we there's, all have the matching back tattoo, like Sons of Anarchy. Right. Um, so, yeah, you're going to stay on in limited capacity. That that way we don't have to burn the tat off your back like they do in Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't um, – yeah, there's one. It's you know, like once you get jumped into the Rotowire gang, you're in for life. You know, I can't all of a sudden just be like a fancy alarm crip or something. You yeah. know what I mean? So <laughs> it's not going to work out that way. So, uh, yeah, some people got that, some people didn't. If you did, it was hilarious. Uh, this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know, we'd love to have it. Also on the Rotowire site. Um, directly you can download this podcast along with all of our other great podcasts i imagine you and benny i mean you guys were going strong on the dfs podcast um no tears were shed yet between me and you full disclosure but you and benny probably shed a couple on your last one was that today 
Yeah, no, well, well, actually what's going to happen is like Benny's going to have to one bend over backwards or it's going to turn into some solo shows. We haven't really figured it all out yet because I promised DVR I would finish out the NBA season for DFS, which means like Benny has to be okay with recording a 11 p.m. DFS show or I'll do it solo. Yeah, so, you know, there aren't too many games left in the NBA season. We're talking about what, you know, 15, 18-ish or something like that. Um, so... And I'm, you know, I'm still recording uh, this week and throughout next week before I actually move on next Saturday. So I'll still have some time to to knock this uh, stuff out. But I've, you know, I've got moving boxes and people coming in and out of the house everywhere. So um, Benny's been super flexible since, you know, we don't have to punch in and be at Roto Office uh, like you do, DJ, with uh, wearing out the schedules, which is why I'm able to hang on to the DFS for li- for a little bit longer. So we're not breaking up yet, but it's kind of like, you know like two kids in high school where you know you're going to separate colleges yeah but you guys have been dating for a long time so you're not going to break up but you're just going to finish out the school year yeah um that's what's happening with us <sighs> i'll never it's- forget you i'll never forget you <laughs> i'll, you know lo- I'll love you I'm, always i'm gonna um, what i'm gonna do is randomly stalk you on skype and you're gonna get some crazy messages while i know you're recording so. why would we change why would we change what's already happening right <laughs> That's true. That uh, is true. I have already tried that. So. All right. Let's bond over what we've always bonded over, and that's some good old association talk. We had six games last night in the association. Let's go ahead and dive in deep into the box scores, Josh, and try to suppress our feelings and our fears and qualms for now. Okay. And let's look at this Boston Celtics team. Had been humming along nicely, playing very well, but they lose last night to the Indiana Pacers. Very dangerous team, if you ask me. I think the Pacers are just as good as any other team in the East besides the Cavaliers. Um, Miles Turner continues to start, but he's kind of hitting that rookie wall. Why do you think he's hit that wall? Is it, you know, Porzingis came out a few months ago, really, and said, uh, I've never played this many games before. It's hard. I'm physically not where I need to be. Miles Turner got a lot of action over the last couple months, and now he's starting to perhaps hit that rookie wall. Or rather, Josh, do you think that teams have game film on him and they're starting to figure him out? I think, well, it's a little bit of both. I think there's a, a little bit of a rookie wall. I think there's a little bit of a more of a scouting report. And, you know, this is one of the tougher, tougher matchups uh, overall. You can actually do, you can actually attack, uh, the, uh, Boston front line. Um, but, you know, Miles Turner, the way that he needed to derive fancy value was rebound well, and nobody rebounded well because Boston is a pretty good, uh, you know, rebounding team, and they out rebounded, uh, you know, um, the NAF Pacers in this matchup there as well. But here's two things. Miles Turner needs to play more than 21 minutes as a starter for him to get fancy value, and he needs more than nine shots, and none of those things happen. Paul George got a bunch of shots over there, Monte Ellis. Uh, Yamahimi got 10 shots, which is one of the major issues that I have with you know what's happening with his value because Jan Mahimi, even if he goes 50%, should not be taking more shots than the more offensively skilled Miles Turner. So that that needs to stop. Uh, and then, you know what, for whatever reason, Lavoie Allen has been sort of like like wedging his way into the mix and playing play, actually played more minutes than Miles Turner in this matchup, um, which to me is a mistake overall because I know they won this game and, you know, Indiana is still technically playing for something, although nobody feels like they can come out of the East overall. Um, but Miles Turner is the future and the guy that you should develop and Frank Vogel should know that. And, you know, I know he's also trying to win games, but uh, it's in in the process, you're sort of doing a little bit of a disservice towards Miles Turner. So it's going to be a little bit off the radar for me uh, going forward on the Boston side of this here overall, um, you know, status quo, Evan Turner plays big minutes, the front court, you still hate it. Uh, overall, I mean, Selinger fared well 15 and 11 with three assists is nice and actually played 30 minutes but you still hate amir johnson and you know avery bradley uh, has been sort of a disappointing for the last player for last week plus at the shooting guard position and isaiah thomas is always going to get his volume 21 and 8 for him with two steals so um you have what you have what you've basically had all season with the boston Celtics on that side and you just need to be a little bit more concerned about miles turner miles turner went nine straight games in february of scoring at least double digit points had a great february now looking in towards march you're seeing outputs of four points four points six points last night josh big question out there in head-to-head leagues and rotisserie leagues as we're winding down the season and for those as well do you stick with miles turner obviously he was a great addition in in february 
But um, if there's somebody on the waiver wire that's a little bit more enticing, a little bit more on a heater right now, maybe like a Jared Selinger, if he's been lingering on and off the waiver wires, I assume he has been this season. Would you go Jared Selinger for the rest of the way or Miles Turner? I think you have to go solid because the minutes are more solid. And we know that like it looks like to me, but you know, Brad Stevens has essentially decided he's going to lock in Sully uh, at the, at the center spot and just enroll and live with that. That's been the one consistent option. We haven't had to be worried as much about um, Tyler Zeller or Kelly Olenek as we have in the past. And, you know, when you're down to the spot, especially when we're, we're talking playoff time for some leagues right now, my play, first round playoffs, my head to head league started uh, this week. Uh, if you're in daily transactions leagues, like you probably need to make a move overall. You can't, you cannot wait for the last 15 games of the season to hope Miles Turner recovers fantasy value when you have a more productive player in action right now, like um, Jared Sollinger. Moving on to the Orlando Magic facing the Denver Nuggets. Magic get the win 116-110. Last night in DFS on DraftKings, I went with Will Barton, and he ended up being my least lucrative producer. He had a major stinker the night before in the first game of the back-to-back. Got me 15 points, four rebounds. Not terrible, but I went with a differential play uh, last night in terms of DFS. Did you have Gary Harris or Will Barton in your lineup at all, or do you just kind of stay away from that tandem altogether? I did have um, some exposure to Gary Harris overall, and you know um, I was a little bit... Um, put off overall by you know what you were able to get from the, uh, this box board. Will Barton to me, I is he. There's a lot of rosters that are in flux, um, you know, with with their rotation and the, what they've been trying to do with Will Barton, which is a little bit weird to me, um, is play him stretch four, uh, which I didn't necessarily care for overall. I mean, he got 15 and four, he was fine, you know. And Gary Harris did Gary Harris things 18 and three, which is like you know cash safe. But neither of those guys blew up to a twenty and you know six and five level where you got forty plus fantasy points on DraftKings and you're like, yes, I love what I got. Um, Jokic, you know, is another guy that I've been that I've been talking about as you know potential rookie of the year candidate if it weren't for Carl Anthony Towns in the same draft or the same rookie year rather. I think he was actually drafted in fourteen and redshirted a year for whatever reason for the Denver Nuggets. Um, but 14 and 6 with four assists, the steal and a block overall in 25 minutes. What else does this guy need to do to take minutes away um, from, uh, you know, uh, Lavernier, who, who is fine and, and productive in his spot too, but he doesn't have the same, uh, the, be- the better, the, you know, the same similar overall offensive skill set. And if you think both of these guys are, are good and productive, um, then, you know, figure out a way to get these guys both more minutes because, you know, splitting the time between these two, I th- think, does the service to the best, you know, center in that on that roster in Jokic in my mind so you get a little bit like this guy's good but they they don't play him enough and which which is um you know pretty frustrating overall uh talking about the Orlando box score on this side here uh DJ um can you tell me what has happened to Aaron Gordon has he just completely forgot how to rebound a basketball or what's the deal here yeah, um, he did. I actually checked with checked in with him after the game. I said, hey, man, you know what's going on here? And he said, I just forgot. I just completely forgot. And I said, it's all right. You got some games to figure it out and re-remember. But um, I, I also notified him that, you know, you were coming off the bench at the beginning of the year. You weren't seeing a lot of minutes. So you need to remember real quick and not forsake this opportunity that you have. Um, I know, Josh, that you hate it. Um, you've, you've been on record when your power forwards do not get you um, rebounds. You're just not a fan of it. But if you look at this box score, and if you know Aaron Gordon's game altogether, he's hovering around that three-point line. I mean, and he's facing... Um, options not necessarily last night and so it's a little disappointing but a lot of times he's playing against stretch four so if he's playing against the Mavericks he's facing Dirk Nowitzki so on defense he's out around the three-point line he's not necessarily down in the block like a power forward like uh, Alex Len power forward if you will who's going to be down there as much as possible so um, three rebounds, not encouraging by any means, um, especially since Vucevic isn't in the lineup. You can almost understand it because Vucevic is just, he's going to grab everything within 10 feet of him. Uh, but yeah, it, it's concerning. It's certainly concerning, but you're, you're still going to kind of ride and die with him for the rest of the season. Am I wrong? Yeah. I, I mean, basically the way that you, you have this shaking out is, um, you have to decide, are you in a gang or are you not in a gang? With Aaron Gordon, because you know, is he is he a ride or die, or is he not a ride or die? I think you kind of have to because he just needs to calm down with the fact that he's taking four threes from three. I know he was two or four, and that's fine, but don't be that guy. 
don't be don't be Markeith Morris light here, like your second year in the NBA, where you think you can score and you know you can score from outside, so you decide to do nothing uh, on the on the rebound side. Just because you're you know shooting on the offensive, it doesn't mean that you should be cru- you you shouldn't be crushing people uh, for ten plus boards on the defensive end. Don't let Jason Smith come up with twenty five and thirteen. All right, you know, I mean, uh, fine if he scores like that, but thirteen boards really when you're on, on the court the same amount of time as Jason Smith. What's going on here? Jason Smith has like a two-inch vertical. I, I, I don't understand it overall. So, yeah, a little bit interesting what happens here. Dwayne, uh, dead man walking, as uh, Chris Lewis <laughs> likes to call him. Uh, yeah, he's uh, in the starting lineup and nobody cares. Uh, I will say that. Uh, what do you think about Jason Smith? Short-term uh, streamer option uh, while Vucci is out? Or what? Uh, how do you treat that? Uh, let's take a look at his last game logs and go from there. I mean, just off the bat, my gut says no, no thank you. Um, and last night was probably his best performance of the entire season, 28 minutes. Um, not quite a season high, uh, but a nice strong double-double there. It, I mean, if we're looking, he played 11 minutes March 12th against Portland in their last game, and he gets you six points, one rebound. You can't have that. It's not reliable whatsoever. The three games before that, Sacramento, L.A., Golden State, he sees 23 minutes per game is getting you 13 points and not even four rebounds per game. So the answer is still no. So my gut says no, and the stats and the game log says no as well. I think Gordon is the guy that prototypically should be getting that kind of fallout from Vucevic's lack of rebounding effort down low and I mean he does Gordon does have breakout performances just three games ago he had 11 five games ago he had 16 seven games ago he had 15 so on average Josh he's just fine and I know that sounds kind of weird to say a DFS you don't like it whatsoever but if you have him in rotisserie leagues and even in head-to-head where you're going for a week-long straight if he's getting you 16 one night and 14 the next night it's a law of averages man it's going to be all right yeah uh, I, I agree with you there as well. So I, I expect Aaron, Aaron Gordon to to sort of bounce back here. What do you make of Evan Fournier going ham sandwich with thirty and thirty three and and three with three turnovers? Oh, you uh, know you know why, right? It's a revenge game, classic revenge game. The revenge games are incredibly real. I say this, yeah, repeatedly, and and I'm not joking. It's in the NBA. Revenge games are real, and then that's why I targeted Fournier last night because he's going up against a Denver team that, for whatever reason, didn't believe in him, didn't want him. Him, didn't want to solidify him as a member on the Denver Nuggets. Doesn't matter if he was cut, traded, dropped, whatever, or didn't get a contract extension. He has something deep in the pit of his stomach that makes him resent Denver, and a lot of NBA players have that. As a result, you look at the box score, he attempted 19 shots. 19 shots was a team high, 30 points, and like you said, um, a couple fouls, and that, that's what I make of it. Revenge games are real. I target them on every single DFS slate I have the opportunity to. Yeah, I well, you know what, same sort of situation too with um – you know the uh, Golden State Warriors and laying the the super smackdown on the Portland Trailblazers. You knew that w- that was coming. I knew that overall. And people were like, "Why did De- um, you know, Damian Lillard have such a bad game against the Golden State? Well, he was so good last game. I'm like, dude, you didn't think he was going to get more defensive attention against this? You know what I mean? Against the squad overall, after what they did to them uh, at home, Golden State's back on the road. It's revenge time. So yes, definitely a real thing overall. One thing I want to talk about, Josh revenge game maybe you as a fan have a revenge team maybe that you one day will get mad at sacramento for all the bad front office moves they've made and on the court moves they made and when you are watching when you're living in san francisco and you're going to warriors games and you want to see your kings and you want to sit there and get some revenge and just kind of you know stare down the staff you should do it using SeatGeek, josh Wow, really? You know what? SeatGeek is pretty awesome overall. I was actually thinking about like grabbing some tickets at the Golden One Center here, DJ, coming up for next season. And I was like, I would want some great seats, but I probably can't pay for front row or maybe even lower bowl. So maybe let's see what I could. What, uh, I wish there was a way for me to just see the best seats that are available possible in one price and sort of see what that view looks like just right up from my phone. And you can do that with SeatGeek. You're an app guy now. You know apps. You're working for an app company. <laughs> yeah. um, you're leaving me for an app company. Talk about revenge here. I'm not about leaving to have- you. You know, it's like going off to shore duty. I'll be back. I just love you so much. I think we can make it work long term. I we, think we, we can do we, it. I never broke up with you. So. Okay. All right. Anyways, our listeners out there, if there are any, can get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. 
All you have to do to get that $20 rebate on your tickets is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. And then when you're there, you enter promo code RWNBA. Then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code RWNBA today. Moving on to the third game of the night that we're going to talk about, Josh. Your Philadelphia 76ers and your Brooklyn Nets played last night yeah they did uh white noise white noise from the crowd um (laughs) response to that brooklyn scores 131 points philadelphia scores 114 lots of dfs exposure in this game but josh did you go with bohan bogdanovich who was probably the best fantasy option in dfs last night that you possibly could have went with 44 points eight rebounds two assists 17 to 27 shooting he took 27 shots last night one did you have him last night did you win some money because it seemed like every single winning lineup had bohan in the lineup and two will this continue over the last 10 15 games of the season not 44 and 8 <laughs> won't continue i'll say that he's never going to get 27 shots again overall i mean thad young and brooke lopez are just not going to let that happen um but um yeah this is a nice performance i'm actually he's a dfs fade for me personally going to back-to-back games and i think people are going to jump on the bandwagon one game late and keep in mind this is you know we're talking about like isaiah cannon defense who's not even a two playing the two who held his own by the way i played cannon and i played ish and i actually played carl landry so i had all these guys who paid off value for the given price tags here on on DraftKings overall but we're but i got crushed by all of those who people who took the flyer on bogey and you know turn my lineup into a bogey so to speak so um yeah I, i'm not buying into the hype here overall i you asked me who the most trustworthy options um in the in this on this team overall i would definitely book thad young and brooke lopez over bogey any day although this is encouraging for his overall development because he still is a young player now on the other side of that too carl landry is a guy that i've been you know stumping for and pumping could have played a few more minutes if they had um, not sort of got the scheme didn't get out of hand in my mind, but to me he's the best front court scoring option and did a nice little thing here: ten points, eight rebounds, four assists, and twenty five minutes of action. Just play this guy. We don't need to play Elton Brand twelve minutes. I don't know what the hell's going on with Philadelphia and Brett Brown. Why that guy needs some time? I would, I, you know what I would do? I would sign somebody from the D League and and have and and see if the, what this guy has to offer rather than play 47 year old Elton Brand. I understand the whole mentor thing, but you don't need to give him any minutes, any minutes overall. And I don't know why he needs to Carl Angie only needs to play 25 minutes. So a little bit puzzling to me, but hey, I mean, I guess this is the first time ever I've been puzzled by a sort of Brett Brown Brown rotation or or a Philadelphia 76ers decision <laughs> this season. So yeah, uh, you got that right, buddy. Um, you know, they're in the home stretch. They want to make sure they get a nice draft pick. Uh, and it's crunch time for them. It's definitely crunch time for them. You know the Celtics love Brooklyn beating up on the 76ers. That does not bode well for them, considering that the Celtics get this next pit, Nets pick. Excuse me. I had exposure to Thad Young. He's somebody that I always like. Um, Shannon McEwen, myself, um, when we talk on Friday about the DFS slate, you know, if the Nets are there, we're always suggesting Thad Young because his price point always hovers around. If you're playing on DraftKings, six thousand dollars, it might get into seven low seven thousand. But I would even take him at low seven thousand. He's one of the more underrated players in this league. Um, obviously, he's not going to put a team on his back and take him to victory. But if we're talking fantasy, I'm talking Thad Young and uh, pretty decent night last night no surprise a little bit of a revenge game is a uh, revenge game last night for him as well but I'm, I'm i'm incredibly shocked that like you said that thad young and brooke lopez allowed bohan to shoot the ball 27 times be weary of that not happening again at any point um, for the remainder of the season young player though i suppose if that's their strategy then we'll see what happens moving on josh to the next game of the night that we'll cover. Toronto Raptors take on the Milwaukee Bucks, and they win pretty handedly, 107-89. to Now, there was some rumbling. I'm assuming that some people got burnt by this. DeMar DeRozan did not play last night. They gave him some rest. Um, it happened. Uh, you know, if you're playing DraftKings, you probably could have found a substitute. But if you're playing on other sites, lineup lock was before the DeRozan absence was announced. Did you get burned by that last night, or did you even play or have any action in this game at all 
I didn't have any action to um, exposure to DeRozan because I think he's actually been like not mispriced but accurately priced. Uh, so and I've been sort of you know doing one of the two things is like paying all the way up to the top for the very best uh, shooting guard option, which is you know one or two grades uh, slightly above like Harden types, you know, at the, at the, at the two there, or I've been going for, uh, you know, people in value town, like the Gary Harris's and whatnot. Um, and you know, Lance Stevenson, when he's been an active and available, I don't know if he's shooting guard on, on DraftKings or not, but he is, um, like depending on what site you're on, he's either a two or a three. Uh, but so yeah, I've been living in value town and, and spending a lot of my money at like point guard with Ray John Rondo yesterday and center with DeMarcus Cousins which means you got to hit you had to go cheaper and it didn't matter for me because I'd still you know missed missed the cash line but uh to answer your question did not have exposure to DeMar DeRozan so. so next question then Jonas Valanciunas has that left hand contusion he was announced out of last night's game far earlier than DeRozan was and then it wasn't announced that Biombo was going to start, but it was kind of a foregone conclusion because that's what has happened earlier in the year. And not to mention that they kind of split time at center as it is anyway. So I, I went with him and that turned out pretty well for me. 12 points, 13 rebounds and assist. I'm assuming that maybe for you last night, it was a Boogie Cousins night occupying that center spot. Yeah, for me, I had Boogie, I had Rondo, I had exposure to Rudy Gay, which all worked out fine, but I just didn't get the monster performances that needed to save me some of the, from some of the duds um, that I had in my lineup uh, on the on the Tuesday slate. So, um, a little bit disappointed that uh, you know I didn't go into the routes. But you know what? This is one of those things that you need sort of like for like DFS purposes, saying, "All right, I'm fine with who I rolled with, and I'm not going to be upset because I didn't I, I wasn't on Boyan who blew up or Bismack Biombo who you know doesn't have a, a any real offensive skill set to speak of. He's six of seven, and it's the, I'm guaranteeing you everything. That's all like putbacks. None. I don't. If we get a single one of those where he was actually like they threw it into the paint <laughs> and he did not give the ball back up you know what i mean i will um you know color in the the uh the uh the blue and the yellow on my back tattoo that says rotowire so <laughs> uh there's a little red dot too by the way oh yeah don't forget about the dot yeah. and the the little like the little wire itself it's like you know like it's you know, beep 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 yeah, the little the little pulse wire is is yes. yellow. So uh, uh, that was a good one. I like that one a lot. I had exposure to Biombo. Um, it was a nice differential play because anytime Cousins is on the slate, you're going to see like fifty percent exposure, and and why not? Um, we'll, we'll get to Cousins in a second. Before we do though, somebody who's sneaking up to be one of the more expensive options on any slate, Josh, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. He played thirty five minutes last night, barely missed out on a triple double. He did not get one assist. He had. 18 points, 12 rebounds, and 9 assists, of course. Um, actually, there was 3 minutes left in this game where Jason Kidd could have left him in the game. He probably would have gotten the assist, and then he would continue on this great run that he's had since Michael Carter-Williams has been unable to play. You're seeing Giannis play point, and that's why he's getting so many assists. Lots of ridiculous rants and i'm sure this happens for every fan base but i'm a little more exposed to it here living in wisconsin saying did jason kidd want to teach Giannis a lesson that basketball is not about stats by taking him out with three minutes left and the answer is no he's already done that a couple times this year but now it's getting a little cliche it's getting a little too cute you're not going to have jason kidd leaving in Giannis just so he can get a triple double especially when they're losing a game Right, exactly. So, um, uh, I, I, I'm fine with it overall. But, you know, Giannis didn't have a great scoring night. He had an okay night overall, like, you know, offensive efficiency wise, but everybody else pretty much wet the bed. So they didn't need for him to, like, just, you know, rack up stats for the sake of him, you know, getting to the triple double. Although Jason Kidd was a monster triple double double threat throughout his career. So you have to get it the real way. Uh, while the game is still meaningful, and I think they're doing the right thing. You'd, I would do the same thing if I was coach. Greg Monroe moves back into the starting lineup for this one. Miles Plumley to the bench. Greg Monroe had been seeing around his average of 30 minutes anyways, but do you have any reservations about this dynamic where Monroe is back? Um, I will say Henson was available. He, he missed the last 20 games with lower back soreness. He comes off the bench for six minutes. So now that Henson is back, is he going to kind of throw a wrench into this Miles Plumley? starting and then Monroe coming off the bench how do you see these three centers coexisting over the final games in the regular season yeah well I, that's a good question we never can really tell with Jason Kidd but I will say this I would like to make a reservation for whoever is playing against 
Greg Monroe mm-hmm. at the center position in my DFS lineups. So um, zinger, zinger. Yeah. yeah, I mean the guy's not terrible defensively. We said this overall. So they found a good defensive mm-hmm. combo. Uh, with Miles Plumley and Greg Monroe, who was performing quite well off the bench, and then they just go away from it. So I don't understand it. I can't explain it. Uh, overall, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and, you know, uh, even if you're a Greg Monroe, or I guess it's a better thing, you want him to be on the court for stars, minutes, and you hope you get more run than he did, but still was disappointed overall, eight and nine, and nobody's going to be excited about. So, um, you know, at that point, it is what it is. I'd still rather have Hintacumpo, Jabari Parker, and Chris Milton, and, you know, Greg Monroe, I'm probably not going to be interested in the rest of the way. You too can be a part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com. We've been mentioning them a few times here. They got the double double bonus, the triple double bonus that you probably undoubtedly were pretty mad about if you had Giannis in your lineup last night and Jason Kidd did not allow him to get there. Uh, but still, DraftKings is the official daily fantasy basketball partner of RotoWire with daily fantasy. Don't need to worry about spending months micromanaging your roster. Although we're winding down here, play whenever you want and pick a new time every time you play. Baseball is coming up. Of course, you can play MLB on DraftKings. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter in promo code RotoWire to play for free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. Once again, that promo code is RotoWire or RotoHoops. They both work. Josh, let's look at what was pegged as maybe one of the most, or it should have been the most entertaining game last night. San Antonio takes care of business, though. This game is kind of close. Uh, San Antonio pulls away at half, and they really pull away in the fourth quarter, ultimately winning 108-87. to The game was close going into the fourth quarter, like I said, but San Antonio outscores the Clips 37-17. to Talk about being there and having done that before as opposed to a Clippers team that's still struggling to find their footing. Chris Paul has a nice night, 22 points, 8 assists, and 3 steals. Um, But just speak about the Spurs and them kind of... Do you think... What I want to know from you, Josh, actually, is I'm going to pull it out wider here and look at the NBA standings. They play the Warriors three more times, and they're currently trailing the Warriors by only four games. If they wanted to give it a shot, it sounds crazy, they actually could surpass the Warriors for the one seed. Now, yes, it's crazy, but do you think that they should kind of put their pedal to the metal and really go for that one seed, or should they fall back on the 12-game cushion that they have on the Thunder at the three seed and kind of rest the rest of the way? Yeah, uh, that's a good question overall for me. I, the way I see this happening overall is I think this is one of the situations where they care a little bit less about um, like the positioning and the stats because I don't feel like they know that they can really – go any higher or farther than they have right now and it's just about like fixing the rotation getting their teams in, into a and their, their players into a good spot executing the offense they want to run which you know obviously wasn't terribly successful and um in, in this spot but it has been for, throughout the season overall and then just sort of t- fine-tuning and get ready for the playoffs given what they've you know the adjustments they've made at the trade line uh, trade deadline do, do you you sort of see that overall i mean nobody's going to make a run for the one seat at this point i i i would think from from the three you agree there yeah i i I suppose so i i don't know it's just it wouldn't it just be hilarious if the spurs ended up being the one seat and we're talking about the warriors being the best team of all time i mean and they're they're in about a perfect position to do it as anybody else having being able to play the warriors three times i don't know it's just very un greg popovich for him to really put the pedal to the metal in the last 15 games see 15 games of the season especially when they have a 12 game a 12 game cushion to fall back on i mean essentially they could they could rest the rest of the regular season and and still maintain that two seed so i'm not sure um that that's going to happen but you know it's still kind of lingering and and as a result you're going to see lamarcus aldridge and Kawhi leonard um still playing heavy minutes well 30 minutes 34 minutes enough to get the job done 17 points and 20 points for each of them respectively but perhaps what saved you from a dfs perspective last night is that aldridge shipped in with two steals two assists and six rebounds leonard had five rebounds four assists and three steals so kind of middle of the road probably average dfs performances from them last night if you look at this clippers team chris paul was i think behind DeMarcus Cousins, the most expensive player on the slate last night. He performs admirably well, but not quite as good as Bohan Bogdanovich. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the way I saw this happening overall is, you know, they did what you said they would do. 
is uh, they played Spurs ball. You know, you know, Kawhi Leonard took 15 shots, scored 20 points. Mark Schultz took 16 shots, scored 17 points. Tony Parker, um, you know, uh, got chipped in with five assists, didn't score, and they didn't care. Uh, you know, and then you you had good performances off the bench there from. Um, you know, David West and uh, Manu Ginobili doing what they do. That's typical, typical Spurs ball. Like, like everybody but Matt Bonner and Jonathan Simmons, who actually was playing some minutes um, as of late there, um, got into the got into the game uh, overall. And you, you could you could see that this was like a, a game that I mean, the Spurs got scored then thirty seven to seventeen in the fourth quarter, so there was no need to, to push um, people what like well into the thirties there, particularly Tony Parker uh, and Tim Duncan, who only played you know twenty four and twenty two minutes respectively. So typical Spurs game overall. Uh, and then the LA Clippers, we've been saying this all season long. They have a serious, serious hole to power forward position, and they kept showing highlights over and over of Lamarcus Aldridge using and abusing Jeff Green and and uh, uh, Luke Richard uh, uh, Bamute. Uh, so that's a situation that they haven't fixed and they don't have somebody on the roster that they can fix it with until Blake Griffin comes back. So, um, you know, uh, 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 that just shows you like sort of for being the number three team, they're, they're the, like, or the number three or number four seed. I think the, what are they? The four right now uh, in the West, they're like the most uninteresting, uh, Western quote unquote contender. They're a contender. That's an actually, actually a pretender. Yeah. Um, I, I think you have to put them in the tier, they're kind of in a they're in a tier all of an all into themselves. I would say I would say maybe Toronto and and, and L A are are in a tier kind of by themselves. Otherwise, you got your Warriors, Spurs, Thunder, Cavaliers. One of those four teams is going to win the NBA championship, barring something incredibly radical. Uh, one of those four teams will win the NBA championship. Then you have the Clippers in Toronto that saying if something radical did happen, it would be Clippers or the Raptors to sneak in there. Clippers have a four game lead over the Grizzlies, like. I said on yesterday's podcast with our own Nick Whalen, Grizzlies are about to fall very, very fast. Their starting five is just as bad as any starting five we've seen from any team all season long. So I think the Clippers are going to hold down that four seed. And it's just a matter of, is it going to be the Grizzlies if they can hang on, the Trailblazers or the Rockets, essentially? I guess you have to technically throw in the Mavericks there as well. I think that they probably breeze into the second round, the Clippers do, but they'll get stymied pretty quick, pretty quick by the Warriors once they play the Warriors. Uh, It doesn't matter if Blake Griffin comes back or not. Um, Turns out our most recent update on Blake Griffin, if you're curious, don't forget that he has a quad issue too. That was the reason why he was out to begin with. Um, So that hand-quad duo injury situation, he's actually behind schedule um, um, in terms of his recovery. So it's not entirely sure when he's going to come back. There still is the hope that he'll be back at the end of March. There's still plenty of time, I think, for him to play a few regular season games. Don't quote me on that, though, because the whole thing has been pretty much under wraps from the get-go. I don't know. Good breakdown there, though, Josh. We're going to move on to your favorite subject. Oh, this is your favorite subject. A Sacramento Kings win. And what better to have it than over the Los Angeles Lakers, 106-98. to You said it yourself. You had lots of exposure to Rudy Gay, to Marcus Cousins, and Rajon Rondo. And this game, to me, I actually thought... Um, that they were both of these teams were going to score a whole lot more points. Did you think that even though the Kings did score 106, that this would be a higher scoring affair, Josh? Yeah, I did actually think that. And you know, I, I, I given the amount of fantasy points that uh, the um, Sacramento Kings have been allowing as a team, I was a little bit disappointed from that overall. But um, it was nice to see um, Demarcus Cousins not whine. On a consistent basis, <laughs> like more than there was no whining. Uh, I think throughout the game, it was like he just seemed like he was laughing and and jovial overall. And they were pretty much in control. That you know, Lakers made it a little bit interesting down stretch. I think they cut it down to six right one or a few times. But I am in the firm camp here, and you tell me if I'm wrong. That Byron Spot, Scott, we've we've ripped him for being a terrible coach all season long. What I actually think happened, I think we need to give um, credit to Jim Buss and both Byron Scott into perfectly executing. Um, the best way to bounce as many ping pong balls as possible for the 2016 NBA draft. There's no other explanation for it. There really is not. Like you give Robert Sacre 22 minutes, Ryan Kelly gets 20 minutes, Huertas, Tariq Black is playing, Metterwold Peace starts, uh, and then you have the two best players on your team and you don't let them play into the 30-minute range in Jordan Clarkson and DeAndre Russell, although they've, although they've been killing. 
Um, and then, you know, just randomly, like somebody has to get thrown a bone. But you still want to play Larry Nance Jr. 25 minutes. And granted, he actually had a really good game, 12 and 9. But still, everybody knows and everybody knows that Julius Randle is the better power forward out of the two. So this rotation makes no sense overall. Like all these random people getting um, minutes overall. The only thing you can do is not let somebody who's playing well get into a flow when you do this. And that's like the perfect way for them to be like, yeah, let's try to do everything we can to hold on to this position because we would love a shot at Brandon Ingram or um, you know Ben Simmons if we can. In, in 2016 that's I ho- the only way i can explain it i hope that nobody out there actually thought that the lakers were trying to contend at any point this season i truly hope that nobody thought that i mean it's been incredibly apparent um, the only thing that i'm confused about this lakers team because this whole kobe bryant show has worked out perfectly in terms of giving him lots of minutes letting him jack up shots you relieve some of the pressure from a young rookie point guard in a major media market obviously you would like to see d'angelo russell play more minutes but at the same time if it was just him if if this was next year and he was a rookie next year he'd be so scrutinized he'd be halfway out the league by the by now now he's had the opportunity where there's so much media attention off of his back that normally would be on there it's a perfect situation now again i I mentioned it and didn't actually answer it the only thing that i'm confused about this lakers team because i think i understand everything that's gone on this season so far is whether or not byron scott is in on this or not does he is he actually um, you know getting word from bus and everybody on the Lakers organization to essentially play around with the lineup, do dumb things. Let's 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 bench our two bench play, best players. Let's play Kobe Bryant a bunch of minutes and let him jack up shots. Or or is is he exactly the perfect storm of what the Lakers need? And he's just one more perfect piece where he we've kind of just had the Lakers put a bag over everybody's head and they've been fooling us all season long. Not me up until the last couple months, I would say. But that's the only question. And I don't know, Josh, what do you think about that? Is is Byron Scott smarter than all of us in playing dumb? Or is he just perfectly what the Lakers need right now? Uh, a perfectly poor coach is what I would say. Um. I think that this is all by design. It has to be overall because there's no reason that uh, Marcelo Huertas, who to me looks like Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers, and I know that's outside of your timeline overall. Yes, it but is. Thank you yes. for acknowledging that. Right, but I did tweet a picture in the photo and post a poll so people could sort of just look at the picture and be like, eh, maybe, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the most interesting thing that's happening with the LA Lakers right there is they have a backup point guard that looks like an 80s sitcom. Um, TV star. So, so Marcelo Huertas, in all seriousness, is 32 years old and he's a rookie. When he was signed, Which also explains why the Lakers are bouncing yes. ping pong balls. Why yes. do you sign that guy? Why do you sign Meta World Peace? Yes, you exactly. Know, so we all should have been very smart and very keen on what was happening from the get go. I think it took a couple of us, you know, like a month, a month and a half before we realized what was going on. Um, but I, th- I hope that everybody's on the same page here. That the Lakers have done a perfect job at tanking, and there, are, there's lots of evidence to prove such. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. So um, we'll see. Let's see who can win the uh, Ben Simmons or Brandon Ingram sweepstakes. Lakers are certainly in. Josh, do you need a website to talk about random references that I'm never going to get because I'm too young? No, I, I got my I use rotowire.com <laughs> so whenever possible <laughs> to sort of uh, vent all my rantings out. You know what I do is I, I put my rantings out on on in my rotowire articles, then I look back and a lot of them get deleted by the editors. So <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, if you would like to publish those edited clips of your rants okay. that are spilling over and need a place to be viewed by the American public, why not do it yourself with Wix.com? doesn't matter what business or what kind of rants you're in. Wix.com has something for you used by more than 75 million people worldwide. Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business, of course. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from the drag and drop editor. Yep. It's one of my favorites. There's no coding needed whatsoever. Again, if you're too busy, let Wix.com do all of the grunt work for you with Wix.com. It's easy and free. The result I promise you is stunning. Josh, some breaking news to go over before we get out of here and cry in our pillow because you're leaving me. Paul Pierce has been downgraded to doubtful for Wednesday's game against the Rockets. Now we went over the Clippers. We talked about Luke Richard, 
Luke Richard and Bahamute. Um, if Paul Pierce is out yet again, um, are who are you going to be putting an emphasis on? Maybe Jeff Green. Yeah, Jeff Green is probably the guy that, and you know, more more shots for CP3, more shots for JJ Redick, lesser, and then Jeff Green, who's you know been getting essentially starters minutes and playing a little bit stretch four, and then to a lesser extent, um, you know, give a little uh, nod to my boy Jamal Crawford for being a, uh, a wannabe splash brother. It's like a splash brother who shoots thirty percent from three. So yeah, Dion Waiters uh, dealing with a personal issue. I believe it was the death of his brother. I could, I think I might be wrong, but he was he was missed a few games. He is back with the team and he will be available for Wednesday's game against the Celtics. Of course, um, he'll be back in the rotation. You're probably going to see lots of minutes from him. We'll just keep it moving here, Josh. Uh, Aaron Aflalo will come off the bench against the Warriors. So. That's a little bit intriguing considering he's been starting. Um, do you have him anywhere? I know you probably don't because you ridiculed me from having, for even having him in a league to begin with. Um, what does that do for his value? Do you think that he's still, despite coming off the bench, going to see his season average of, let me pull it up here, 34 minutes per game? Is that possible? Well, are we talking about waiters? No, sorry, we moved on from Waiters. He's okay, coming sorry. back. He'll he'll probably take on his same exact role. Uh, Aaron Aflalo coming off the oh, bench flop. Wednesday against uh, Warriors. My bad on that, Josh. He's averaging 34 minutes a game this year, which is really, really high. One of the highest in the league, actually. Um, but if he's coming off the bench, does he have an opportunity to still see 34 minutes a game? Is that even a possibility? It's tougher, but you could still do it, obviously. But basically, that means you're going to have like a placeholder like Noah Vonla starting and uh, Sasha Vujacic, who I hated on, um, you know, I've been hating on for a while overall. It's just I hated on him for like even pulling Maria Sharapova. I don't even know how that's possible, uh, first of all. Second of all, um, like his name sounds like a transformer transforming. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but like Sasha Vujacic. I mean, like, how do you even pronounce that overall? It just sounds to me like, and it's it ruins the Transformer movie for me. So that's another reason for me to hate him. Um, back to Aaron Aflalo, who, who we originally were supposed to be talking about. Um, yeah, I'm not a not a fan overall. Scoring reliant. <laughs> After all that, that's your take. After all of that junk, your yeah. take is I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Knicks are terrible, all right? And the only person that's worth owning is Mello, and to a lesser extent, Rolo. Uh, and, and it's much poor cooler. Zingy. No love for Porzingi? No, Porzingi, he's hit, a wall like a, hit the wall like a pancake, bro. You know but I mean? did like, you see this morning, he hit a tunnel shot just like Curry on the first try during warm-ups. See, a little trolling there from Porzingis. I like it. Yes, it was probably digitally enhanced. You know those people. Uh, <laughs> Knicks can't be trusted. No, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Porzingis is Porzing uh, gone for me this season. I'm just not going to use him overall. It's going to play 21 minutes, and Aaron Follow has to go off from three. He's not a guy who can really, at his stage of his career, can like score and put it off on the floor. And um, I'm just going to trust Mel to be the only like reasonably productive player and Rolo for Sholo for value. It's the only two players I'm really interested in right now. Let's make some sense of this Memphis Grizzlies team. P.J. Harrison with his groin injury is expected to miss two weeks. Lance Stevenson is dealing with that wrist issue, but he appeared comfortable while attempting shots during morning shoot-around. Remains questionable for Wednesday's game against the Timberwolves. Of course, the Timberwolves not good enough where you're going to say that Memphis is going to get bounced quickly despite all their injuries. But if we're looking at this Grizzlies team, I mean, oh my goodness. Let me just start. Let me just name off their projected starting five. All right, so we're talking about Briante Weber. Um, is that how you even say his name? I don't even know what that guy's first name is. It's Briante. It's Briante Weber, Tony Allen, Matt Barnes, Jermichael Green, Ryan Hollins, and then, of course, Lance Stevenson could sneak into that starting five. Somebody has to sh- get rebounds. Somebody has to shoot shots and score points. We know that this Grizzlies team is going to score at least 70 points because every NBA team does. Where are those points going to come from, Josh, and where are you looking to for DFS consideration? Uh, for me... I actually like Ray McCallum and Lance Stevenson. Those are my two options overall. I think Ray McCallum is a guy who's you know actually played starters minutes while uh, Darren Collison went down last season for Sacramento. I don't try, I'm not trying to sound to, like a Sacramento homer. The, the plain fact of it is is Brianta Weber's on a 10-day contract and was in a D-League all season. And Ray McCallum has, you know, this is his third year in the NBA. And he actually has 
um, some level of experience playing big minutes and as a starter. And so that's the situation I trust. Both of those guys have actually been soaking up minutes uh, together on the court, too, like almost like 25, 26 minutes apiece. So you can make a case for playing them both, but I would trust Ray McCallum for experience over Briante Weber. And Lance Stevenson, as long as he's healthy and gets active in the lineup with that wrist issue, is a guy who could play point forward as the three. In, in, in this lineup overall. Um, so that's guy, you know, uh, you know, he's put up some big games here um, as of late. That Those are the two guys that I'll be looking for because you can get Ray McCom near minimum price and we've seen what Lance Stevenson can do with all those other guys out of the lineup. The Grizzlies could have as few as nine active players Wednesday against the Timberwolves. They just recently applied for a um, like an injury waiver to bring on somebody new and they did that with Xavier Mumford although uh, he signed a 10-day contract with the Grizzlies on Wednesday not expected to play um, later in the night of course that is tonight against the Timberwolves just not quite ready Xavier Mumford in case you're wondering I had never heard of that guy before um, yesterday and so you know I'm not even going to pretend like to give any analysis on him, but he legitimately could see minutes as soon as he starts playing. It's just, it's unbelievable. Um, the parallel, of course, Mumford out of Rhode Island a couple years back, um, is where he played his college ball at, um, the, the situation I'm kind of paralleling it to is the Thunder last year, at the beginning of last year, where they had Lance Thomas was playing like 46 minutes a game for them. They had Ish Smith on that team. They were just decimated with so many injuries. Um, there's obviously fantasy value to be had, and I think um, if you listen to Josh, he likes McCallum, he likes Lance Stevenson. I'm going to throw Matt Barnes into the mix as well, Josh. Somebody, he'll take shots. He doesn't care. He's not going to be shy about it. Got a triple-double. Um just a couple days ago against the Pelicans. So I'll be on uh, Matt Barnes alert. He usually has a good five, 10 game stint every single season. So uh, I might even look to add him in season long leads leagues. If given the opportunity, um, last bit of injury news, uh, like you said, Sasha Vujicic will start at shooting guard over Aaron Aflalo. Um, let's see here. Hassan Whiteside failed to go through a complete practice Wednesday due to general soreness. Now, he's already been moved to the bench. We're seeing Amari Amari Stoudemire start at center. Hassan Whiteside has been getting enough time off the bench to still be a viable fantasy option in really all four formats. But is he starting to wear down at the end of the season here? And can he he be trusted um, during the remaining 10, 15 games of the season? Yeah, uh, that's going to be an interesting situation tomorrow overall but i think there's going to be some clear opportunity for like a clear path to playing time and and to uh, to be productive going forward so i'm like definitely on my radar for dfs and wish i own more of him in season long leagues so fair enough josh that's going to do it for this rotowire fantasy basketball thanks so much for joining us do you have a definite last podcast day uh it'll probably be the last regular season day uh, of the NBA, which is what early April or something else like that for for DFS purposes, so you guys can catch me there as well. You can always catch me on Twitter as well. You know, if you want to hear me um, you know, make some some weird comments, so I'll be popping up on some some various outlets. I'm trying to stay in the mix here with Rotowire whenever I get some availability. Still still handling some article work. Um, I'll be podcast backup boy for some people here uh, overall. So I'm I'm going back to the JV squad for a little bit until I can get some more availability. And if you want to follow me on Twitter. And find out all the different types of crying emojis. You can do that at (laughs) Trainer DJ. Thanks so much for joining us. Tomorrow, James Anderson is on vacation. So it'll be Nick Whalen and myself on the Thursday basketball podcast. Until then, enjoy your Wednesday slate of NBA basketball. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.